So the Bible reading today is from the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. You'll find it on page 1199 in the Church Bibles. So that's uh, the second book of Timothy, chapter 3, verses 14 to 17. But as for you... Continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from when you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good morning. Before we look at God's word, let's pray together. Please pray with me. Our great God and heavenly Father, thank you for giving us your word, your personal word, that you didn't leave us in the dark but you have communicated to us as creator to your creatures. Please help us now as we hear your word. Open our eyes and our ears, our minds and our hearts, that we may see and read and listen clearly to accept what your word says, that we may learn your truth and live it out as your servants. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Throughout the whole course of human life, people have asked this question, why are we here? They've searched for the meaning of life, the reason for everything. I typed it into Google this week, and this is what came up. That even mountaintop yogis need to use Google for the meaning of life as well. The Bible tells us that we were created by God to serve him, to be fruitful and multiply, and to enjoy God and his creation. But humans have always been dissatisfied with this answer. Humans have always tried to find their own answers for the meaning of life. For the ancient Greeks, the meaning of life was the pursuit of knowledge or the pursuit of pleasure. For some of the 20th century philosophers, the meaning of life was the upholding of duty or that there was no meaning at all. Monty Python said that the meaning of life was nothing very special. Try to be nice to people, avoid eating fat, Read a good book every now and then. Get some walking in and try to live in peace and harmony with all people. More recently, a Canadian psychologist called Jordan Peterson published a book with 12 Rules for Life, which was essentially common sense and some things from the Bible. When it comes to answers to the meaning of life, there's nothing new under the sun. God has thought of it all. And God, the creator, knows what is best. God's word is for everybody, in every way, in every age. 
When it comes to the meaning of life, God's word is the greatest of all time. See, the fact is we have the rules for life. God has given us the rules for life in his word. We don't need to look any further. We shouldn't try and find our own answers. The Bible is the most ancient of books, and we don't need to update it. That's the remarkable thing about the Bible. It is God's personal word for all the life. We read some of Paul's second letter to Timothy before. Let's look at it again. There are four aspects of this passage that I'm going to outline so we can see why God's word is for life. It'll be up on the screen. Let's read it together again. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible being God-breathed in verse 16 means that it is God's personal word. Secondly, the Bible being able to make you wise for salvation in verse 15 means that God's word carries the meaning of life. The Bible being something you know from infancy and continue in, in verses 14 and 15, means that God's word is for your lifetime. And lastly, the Bible being useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness and equipping in verses 16 to 17, means that God's word is for your life's lessons. So God's personal word is for the meaning of life, your lifetime, and your life's lessons. The Bible is the inspired word of God. It's not just an answer to life that humans have come up with. And God's word is incredibly personal. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, we read that all scripture is God-breathed. These words have life have come from the mouth of God. The one who created us has not left us in the dark. He has spoken to us. And God is the one with the authority to tell us about life because he is our creator. Psalm 139 describes God's act in creating humanity. For you, God, created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How lovingly and intricately did our creator make us. He knit us, he wove us together. Isn't that amazing? And God didn't just make us and leave us to our own devices. Our sovereign creator has a good and ordered plan for his creatures who are made in his image. And that plan is outlined in his word, God's personal word from the creator to his creatures. 
And in his personal word, God reveals who he is so we can know him all the more deeply. The clearest revelation of who God is is seen in Jesus. John's gospel tells us that God's word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. God's word became a person so we could know God personally. And it is through this person, Jesus Christ, that God's personal word gives us life. We heard last week that the church is God's people meeting together because of their relationship with God. So this intricate relationship between creator and creature is the reason why we meet together as a church. And this relationship is immersed in God's personal word to his creatures. So the Bible is God's personal word to us. That means it is relevant to each and every one of us. God's written to you. God's revealed himself in these pages. And as his creatures, our story is here too. The story of our identity as God's creatures. When you read an enjoyable novel, you like the characters. You can identify with who they are, but they're not you. No matter how similar the characters in a book are, it's not the same as your life. But the Bible is different. The Bible helps tell you who you are as someone made in the image of God. Through faith, we're part of the story. As God's people, we're part of the story of the Bible. It's our story. It's your story. It means that the Bible is God's personal word for your life. God's personal word is for all of your life, especially the meaning of life. The Bible explains why our world is messed up, why people are crying out for justice. It explains what our world is like. It exposes how sin fractures our relationship with God. And the Bible proclaims that his resource is In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15, we read that it's the Holy Scriptures, God's Word, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. The Bible outlines God's rescue plan, the way, the truth, and the life. Forget the pursuit of knowledge. Forget the pursuit of pleasure. Forget the pursuit of duty. Forget those rules for life. God's Word says that the meaning of life is found through faith in Christ Jesus. This good news story, the gospel, is a simple truth. Hear it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. A simple truth that is told throughout the whole Bible. A truth promised, described, a truth explained. That Jesus was crucified on a cross, taking the punishment of all sin upon himself. But God raised him from the dead, triumphing over sin and death and the devil so that we may receive eternal life. It's the best news we could ever hear. It's not secret news. It's not overly complicated news. And it's the most important news for life, for the meaning of life. This is why we read God's word with people who haven't heard this news. Why we explain the simple truth of the gospel to people who haven't believed. 
And one of the reasons why we can invite people to church who aren't Christians so they can hear this incredible news. And this incredible news is why we read the Bible at church, why God's word is explained, why the Bible reading and the sermon are the central parts of our church service, why Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners is always part of our preaching. God's word makes us wise for salvation, gives us the meaning of life. So that's why it's the foundation of our lives. God's word is for life, not just the meaning of life, but for all the length of life, for your lifetime. The Bible is a book that you don't ever finish reading, but you read in all stages of your life. In the passage we read before, the Apostle Paul is writing to a young man called Timothy, encouraging him to keep reading and keep speaking the Bible. Let's see it together in verse 14. But as for you, Timothy, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you have learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures. Did you see it? Paul is describing how Timothy has been reading God's word ever since he was young and encouraging Timothy to continue reading God's word as an adult. Paul knew that the scriptures were no ordinary message and Timothy knew God's word well, but that was no reason for him to stop reading it. That's because there's always something more to learn or enjoy from God's word. It's a long book, so it will take a while to read. Our ability to understand develops over time, so we won't get everything the first time. As we grow to understand better, we will understand more of the Bible. And as we move through different stages of life, we will learn different things from God's word. As a child, we can learn to be friends with Jesus as we read through Matthew and Mark, Luke and John. We can imagine ourselves like the little children Jesus received. But we don't remain reading the Bible as children. As we grow older, we begin to understand how sinful we are. And we recognise our sinful deeds in God's word, don't we? And we learn afresh how Jesus restores that relationship. And the Bible supplies much valuable wisdom in our different roles in life. As friends, we learn that wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. For young lovers, it is essential to learn not to awaken or arouse love until it so desires. For husbands and wives, learning how their union is a profound mystery that reflects the spiritual marriage of Christ and the church. And if you become a parent, the Bible instructs you on how to bring your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. We see this example in Timothy, whose female relatives, his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice, who passed on their faith to him. Were you fortunate to have someone who passed their faith on to you? God's word is something you pass on to your loved ones and that helps you appreciate it all the more. But it will be hard to keep reading God's word throughout your whole life. 
That's the reason why Paul sent these words to Timothy. Just before this bit, Paul writes to encourage Timothy to continue reading God's word. Paul talks about how life has been hard for him as he follows Jesus. How Paul suffers for this, it will be similar for us too. In the ups and downs of life, there will be seasons where times are tough. Work pressures, marriage stresses, parenting frustrations, or just a bad day. You know what I mean? And it will take tremendous effort to read the God's word in those times. Yet the Bible will be exactly what you need. Make sure you continue, remain reading the Bible in those times. See, God's word needs to be one of those things we cling on to through different seasons. We don't get rid of it and clean or moving house, or transitioning between workplaces. We need to continue reading it in every season. Last year for my uh, girlfriend's birthday, I mean my fiancé's birthday, I got her Bible rebound. It was falling to pieces. When I took the Bible to the bookbinder, the first thing he told me to do was to buy a new Bible, because that would be cheaper. But money was not the point. This was a Bible she's had for over 20 years, given to her by relatives, which she'd read for most of her life. She treasured it. It had travelled with her through many of life's seasons. She wanted to continue reading it. Do you treat your Bible like that? May we treasure God's word in all of life's seasons. As God's word is for all of our lifetime, we reflect that at church. At kids' church, the children read the Bible and understand the simple truth about Jesus. Then at youth group, the teenagers read the Bible too to continue learning about Jesus. As adults, we listen to the sermon, we go to Bible study to continue learning about Jesus. Sometimes, I know on Fridays, a group of you in your twilight years continue reading the Bible to learn about Jesus. God's word is for your life, for your lifetime. God's word is for life, not just the meaning of life or for your lifetime, but also for your life's lessons, for the breadth of life. The Bible helps you in all areas of how to live. 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible helps us grow and change in who we are. It doesn't tell us how to run a business, but it teaches us how to be an efficient worker in that business. It doesn't teach us the skills to be a professional athlete, but it teaches us to have a God-honouring attitude as we play sport. God's word teaches us those life lessons that are both hard and good. It's a manual for living as God's servants. See, once we've been made wise for salvation through God's word, like in we had a continuing life in becoming more like our saviour, Jesus. And God's word is not just useful, but absolutely essential for doing that. God's word teaches us life lessons, helps us understand God's truth. 
God's word rebukes and corrects us, tells us what we're doing wrong and points us to the right thing. God's word trains us in righteousness, gives us exercises to follow Jesus better. And this is all so we may be equipped. That is, we have the spiritual equipment to live as Jesus' followers. The fact that God's word teaches you life lessons is one of the reasons why church is uncomfortable. You're hearing from God's word. You're hearing from God's word about who you are, made in God's image for his service, not your own. You're hearing from God's word about how you don't live up to God's standard of righteousness. You're hearing from God's word about how you need to stop lying, stop hoarding money, stop hurting others. You're hearing from God's word that in order to save your life, you must lose your life for the sake of Jesus and the gospel. Have you heard what God's word is saying? God's personal word to you and to me demands that you change everything about how you think, everything about how you speak, everything about how you act, even the very purpose of your life. So it's not just uncomfortable, it's downright confronting. You see, God as our creator wants the absolute best for us. As our creator, he knows the best way to live. God knows the best way to be. And God knows how our sinfulness makes us deviate from his good plans. That's why he sent Jesus to take our sin and destroy it on the cross. And it's only when we realise how broken we are that we can accept Jesus' sacrifice, that we can accept that God's rules for life are good, that we can accept that God's word is for all of our life. God's word is for your life for your life's lessons. That's why what we do at church is focused on the Bible. What we do, gathering, singing, praying, reading, preaching, talking together, is all based on God's word. What is set up the front at church is based on God's word. You can expect that our service leaders, our Bible readers, our prayers, and especially our preachers will be teaching what the Bible says. Our leaders are right when they affirm what the Bible says. Our leaders are wrong when they say things contradicting what the Bible says. We have a responsibility like the Berean church in Acts to examine the scriptures every day to see if what our preacher says is true. It goes for anybody you hear preach. Because God's word is the ultimate authority. Humans are not perfect and will mess up. Yet the comforting thing in all of this is that God says that my word that goes out from my mouth will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God is in control over his word being read and proclaimed, but we still have a responsibility to test what we hear against the scriptures. God's personal word is for all of your life. What will that mean for you? You need to read and listen to God's word as the most important book in your life. If God's word is a personal message from your creator, then treat it as such. Let God's word determine how you live your life. 
Let God determine who you are. Read God's word and clarity about his people. Let the message of Christ dwell in you richly. Read God's biography. If God's word makes you wise for salvation, then listen to it. If you don't follow Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, why not? Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Follow him. Make God's word the mission statement for your life. That is, use what God has said about you and how you relate to him as the purpose for your existence. Make God's word the mission statement for your life. If God's word is to be read from infancy, then read it over your whole lifetime. Read it from the cradle to the grave. Teach it to your children, to your grandchildren. Never grow weary of reading the Bible. Treasure your Bible even if it's falling apart. Make an effort to get to Bible study each week for your sake, but also for the sake of others. If God's word is useful for living life, then use it as the manual for your life. Whatever you do in working, in playing, in sleeping, in relating to people, Follow the Bible's wisdom. God's Let God's word be on your hearts. Talk about it when you sit, when you go out, when you get up. Make God's word the manual for your life. That is, follow what it says in how you live. Follow God's rules for life. Let your creator teach you, rebuke you, correct you, train you in righteousness, and equip you in every good work. John's going to pray for us now. Heavenly Father, thank you that the scriptures are indeed a makers wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Thank you for the amazing storyline of the Bible that even though our forefathers and we have rebelled against you, you sent Jesus to bring us back into a relationship with you through his death and his resurrection. And now, as your redeemed people, thank you for your word in the Bible that tells us clearly how we should live, as Reuben has explained to us, and clarifies for us the true meaning of life. Help us to live this week in response to what we've heard. In Jesus' name we pray.